Hey, y'all, just a quick heads up. The episode you're about to listen to is 8 to 10 years old. Now, these episodes were intended to be evergreen, and I still believe there's a lot of good information in these early episodes, but I do want to let you know that some of my ideas have evolved over time. Times have changed since we made these episodes, and ultimately, I'd like to think I've grown a lot as an artist and a human and that these don't necessarily represent my best work or the best of the podcast. If you're new around here, I suggest starting with the most recent episode or at least go back to around 300 and move forward from there. Enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody, it's me, Andy J. Miller, ready to give you some serious podcast action, ready to pep you out of your brains, like Matt Foley, if you know who that guy is. Uh, So, you'll notice that the intro was absent. Well, that's because I'm getting rid of that episode 50 is next week, and honestly, I'm seeing the first 50 episodes as the beta version of the podcast, where I tried a whole bunch of things, and thought a lot about what I was doing, and talked to you guys a lot about what you're getting out of the podcast, and next week, we have a really special episode that I'm super pumped about, we're going to have new theme music that I'm pumped out of my mind about, and you'll find out next week why that is. Uh, And as I was doing all this, I kind of wanted to pare down, what is this show about? Who's it for? Now, listen, if you're a regular listener and you love the show, the content isn't going to dramatically change. Actually, the past two episodes kind of are the same format that I'd like to take forward, that being business time and relationships, and this episode will follow the same kind of format the information's still going to be from me, still things that I've learned uh, being a commercial artist. All that's not going to change, S- same kind of content, but I've realized that my core audience are freelance illustrators or would like to be freelance illustrators, and the point of this show is to help freelance illustrators make money making awesome work. That's what this is about. Now, if you're not a freelance illustrator, that's okay. You'll probably get good stuff out of this. But for freelance illustrators, if you are or you want to be, this show is absolutely for you. It's what I'm passionate about. It's what I know about. So that's what the core of this is. Will other commercial artists get things out of it? Yeah, but I'm focusing it on freelance illustrators um, and you can be those designy illustrators like Mikey Burton. Um, but yes, that's what it's for. And that's what I'm going to do going forward. And I hope that it's awesome for you today. We're actually going to talk about the freelancers dungeon map, but before 
I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him, like, you should go check it out. You're going to be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was going to tell you about this new site anyway. Go check it out, AnnieJPizza.com if you want to see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. Before we get into that. Let's talk about the Baron Fig giveaway. I picked a winner. Here it is. It's Erin Perry. She is a mother and she listens to the podcast while her kids take a nap. And I wanted to pick you as the winner of the podcast review Baron Fig competition to encourage you and say, you're hustling, you're doing it right, you're on the right path, super awesome. Send me your address, Aaron Perry, and I will send you the Baron Fig confidant as well as the uh, the little guy, the apprentice, the three-pack. Thank you, Aaron, for playing. Thanks for all the people that went out and reviewed the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't already and you're a big fan of the show, that's one of the best ways you can help the show. Go review on iTunes. If you want to support the show financially, go check it out at patreon.com slash creative pep talk where you can uh, give a little bit of money my way for each episode of the podcast. I super thank uh, the mess of you who have already pledged and make this an easier decision. Thank you so much. One last thing before we get into the show, my buddy Thomas James from Illustration Age, uh, he was the host of Escape from Illustration Island. He also runs Illustration Friday, I believe. He's a busy guy. He's a great illustrator. He wrote a book a few years back. It's an ebook called 15 Steps to Freelance Illustration. He sent it to me 
and he supports the podcast and asked me to look at it, see if I thought it was something that would be relevant to you guys. Now, if you're new to the freelance game, I think this is an especially important resource for you. It's got mock contracts. It's got uh, the pitfalls of bad clients. It's got a whole mess of advice from other illustrators at the end of the uh, book, which is super awesome. But there are all kinds of things that you you couldn't possibly know about unless you've been in the industry for a little while. And so go check that out. You can find it on illustrationage.com. It's called 15 Steps to Freelance Illustration. And you can also find my podcast at illustrationage.com slash creative pep talk. They're the syndicates, proud syndicates of the podcast. I super thank you, Thomas. Keep doing awesome stuff for the illustration community. All right. All that stuff's out of the way. Let's get down to the real business, the real deal content for you guys. Here's what it is. It's called the Freelancer's Dungeon Map. Now, if you have played Zelda before, uh, you know what the dungeon map is. And if you haven't, let me explain. In Zelda... Link, the hero, Zelda's not the hero, that's the first thing you gotta know. Link, he goes to different dungeons, finds weapons, and kills a major boss, and he does that several times throughout the game. Sometimes it's like ten different dungeons in a game. Now, here's the thing about the dungeon map. Now, when you go into the dungeon, you don't have the map, and you walk aimlessly throughout all the doors and chambers and kill bad guys and all that stuff, And you're looking for uh, the compass, you're looking for the, the key, you're looking for the secret weapon, and you're looking for the boss to destroy the final boss of the dungeon. Here's the thing, though. The dungeon map isn't that exciting, right? It's not the exciting thing. It's the least exciting thing that you find along the way. But it's the thing that tells you where everything is. And when you're walking through the dungeon... You wouldn't believe how easy it is to pass over a door or a treasure chest or a hallway that you didn't – you just completely missed it because you didn't even know you should be looking for it. And I think in the freelance life, there are things that are hiding in plain sight that are totally right there, but you don't even know to look for them so you completely miss them and they could be game changers. I've had these experiences a bunch of times, I've, and that's what this episode's about. So I'm going to take the analogy of the compass, the secret weapon, the boss, and the key. And I'm going to tell you what those things are in this freelance dungeon map. Without further ado, let's get in. Here it is. First question you got to ask yourself, are you really a freelancer are you the hero is the prophecy foretold that you will be the freelance hero because if it's not if if you're happy if you're happy in the regular nine to five job don't go freelance if you if you're thriving in the nine to five world don't go self-employed Self-employment and freelance is freaking hard. I'm not saying that it's not also amazing, but I am saying that if you 
have the personality and the calling and the drive to stay in the in the normal workplace, just do it. Don't get allured by the the sexiness of staying in your house and working in your PJs. That it's not that sexy. And actually the the stuff that goes along with it, which we're gonna talk about in a minute, it's hard. And so if you don't need to do it, don't do it. However, if you are like Emmett from the Lego movie, he's the guy who finds the lid to the crazy glue. That's the piece of resistance. So he, it's a, the prophecy says whoever finds the lid is the one. He's the, he is the hero. Here's the things you got to look in yourself and say, that's me or it's not. And if it's you, you don't have an option. The freelance life has chosen you. I, one of the biggest things for me, maybe the, the biggest game changer in the whole freelance thing and why I have to freelance is I am absolutely willing to trade autonomy for harder work. Okay. As a freelancer, I have to work harder than I would if I was in employment. Because I'm not just an illustrator or a designer. I'm not just that guy. I'm the guy who brings in business. I'm the guy who keeps the books. I'm the guy who invoices. I'm the guy who does the emails. I'm the secretary. I'm all kinds of things. And yeah, if you get super successful, maybe you can uh, get rid of some of those things, but probably not. Like most freelance illustrators don't end up doing that. I have to. I have so many uh, balls that I'm juggling at the same time, and there's so much to keep track of, and, there, and it's so, so much of a challenge to do great work and find new great work and get your work out there on a regular basis, and, and, and that challenge is so hard, and it's so much due, so much hinges on me staying really, really mo- motivated. But the price of autonomy, I will do almost anything for it. Meaning, autonomy meaning the, the, now I don't get to work necessarily the amount of hours I want to, I want to work. I probably work more hours than someone does at a regular job. However, I get to choose when I take those hours. So sometimes I want to take those hours by getting up at 4 a.m. and doing half of my work day before 9 a.m., right? I can do that because I, my, I, can, I can do work whenever I want. Sometimes I want to stay up super late and do my work. Sometimes I want to come up with ideas in the bathtub, as I say pretty much every episode. I like to tell you about my bath times. Um, why, I don't know. Maybe I'm just ashamed of, of my bath times and... I feel like I'm getting some kind of validation by putting that out there into the world. (laughs) I don't know. But I need that thing that says I can take – I can do that hour of work at 4 a.m. I can do it at 3 p.m. or I can do it at midnight. And if I want to trade that hour to go take a walk, I can do that. I can trade that. If I'm getting super antsy and I'm not motivated, I can take the afternoon off and switch my work to the evening 
or into the next morning, early in the morning. I am desperate for that because I get antsy and I don't stay motivated and I'm an emotional guy. So when my emotions are low, I like to try to do something to get me in the right frame of mind so I can work. I need that flexibility and I would work more hours and I will work harder to keep that. If that sounds like you, you might just be a freelancer. I'm self-motivated. I've got more projects on my plate, more self-generated projects, more books on my plate than I can do. I've pitched, you know, I've, I'm in, I'm always behind on the things. I'm not saying that's a good place to be, but there are lots of people out there who struggle to be motivated on their own. Like if they don't have somebody, my wife, she does a lot better in like at school or in a job or when uh, she has someone coming to her asking her to do something. She's good at doing that. She's not as interested in coming up with ideas on her own and making them happen. That is me. I love doing that. I've got 15 ideas right in my back pocket that I'm never going to get to. And if I ever finish one or I – you know. I'm always looking for a way. How do I start new projects? How do I do more work? How do I find uh, – how do I find more time or shift my time or work better so that I can get all these other things that are on my plate? So if you have all these things that you want to do and you don't have enough time to do them and when you do have time, you actually work on them, you might be a freelancer. The one last thing I would say is I think freelancers work better if they're project-oriented. This isn't necessarily true. It's probably the one that's the least true always of this list. But for me, I didn't do well in high school. I did okay in high school. I had like a B-plus average. Um, I didn't try very hard either because I really hated it. But in college, I did really well because everything was project-based. Like we would get a six-week project and we get to manage our own time. And we had that autonomy and it meant that everything that I did felt like it was significant. Whereas if you're doing a, uh, a worksheet every single day and it just feels like there's no real overarching purpose, that's like task oriented. I can't do that stuff. It's like if I'm learning guitar, I can't just learn every single chord in existence. I need to learn a song. I need to see how it's going to be applied in the big picture and in, in that it feels significant. So project-oriented work is really good for me and that's why freelance stuff is great because I'm not working on little tasks for a bigger picture. I'm working on the big picture every time. So that that's if you're project-oriented, you might be a freelancer. This is kind of like uh, you might be a redneck thing, <laughs> which is not a reference that I'm comfortable with, but it is what it is. So, you know, I'm a freelancer. I want to get into the freelance game or I already am and I've just become more sure of it. Well, let's take a look at the situation. Now, if you look at the movies, the heroes always scope out the scene and the, and the scene looks really bad, really bad. Like... You might die if you go that route. <laughs> you might the road less traveled is sometimes travel less traveled for a reason as uh as Jerry Seinfeld once said. <laughs> I know he didn't quote coin that, all right. Uh Star Wars in Star Wars, when they're scoping out how they're gonna take down the Death Star, it looks completely impossible. 
Now, I'm not a big Lord of the Rings fan, but I know that last movie, when they look at the last uh, the last battlefield, it's got like thousands and thousands of orcs versus their little ragtag team, right? It's When they look at that, when you scope it out, you go into the situation, you look around, you see giants everywhere, and you're like, I'm not sure I want to go in there. What are these giants? Well, I think the main three are in America are healthcare, not that you're going to pay more for healthcare and you're going to have to sort it out on your own. You're going to pay more in taxes and you're not going to have that job security in quotes. They're big giants. They're scary. In fact, if someone says the word taxes, it makes my skin crawl a little bit because I have to pay big taxes and it's annoying to have my own accountant and have to keep track of all that. I hate it actually. These are giant things. They're not little things. They're not make-believe things. But all giants can fall down. There are ways of tackling these giants. And I would rather die trying to take these things down than, than just submit to this idea that they're too big to take down. They're, it's not worth fighting these giants. I would rather die trying than give in and say, oh, these are too big for me. You know, I think in America, and this isn't conspiracy theory, it's just, it just is what it is. America is very corporate minded and you have these big corporations lobbying to the government to make it good for the corporations. For instance, TurboTax, they help people with their taxes. They have lobbyists. It's a fact. They have lobbyists in Washington lobbying to keep the tax system complicated so that people need their products. That, that's the situation we're in. And, and corporate America, corporations, they, they are the driving force of America and there are, there's a lot of good things about that. But it's not necessarily that great for the little guy because you have people like Verizon who have giant tax teams, Verizon phones, giant tax teams that mean that they know how to make billions of dollars and not pay any taxes. Whereas you, Mr. Joe Freelancer, are going to bust your butt to make 50 grand and then you're going to pay 10 grand to the government, right? That come on. That's not nice. That's not fair. It's a it's it's a rough situation. We're looking into the Death Star and it's got some serious force field mechanisms that aren't going to be easy to take down. Luckily, we have the Freelancer's Dungeon Map. <laughs> Andy Miller's Freelance Dungeon Map. But I'll tell you this. Yes, these things have been big. These things have been hard to take down. But you know what? I'm still working on it. It's still tough. But I have made serious headway over the past seven years. I've, I have made some massive strides. And when I hear the word tax, it doesn't make my skin crawl as much as it used to because I've learned all kinds of ways of accomplishing this freelance life in the face of these big, scary giants. I've found ways of making it more secure. I've found ways to tackle taxes, right? 
Now, sometimes I feel like I'm the old crusty veteran, you know, like I couldn't think of any good examples except for uh, Rip Torn on Dodgeball. He's like the guy who had the Dodgeball incidents and incident and now he's in a wheelchair. He's like, you want to be a freelancer? You'll never live up. You can never do it. Just forget about freelance life. But then you do something and I see you might have the freelance spark. <laughs> and I think, hmm, maybe just like me, nine to five was just never really an option for you. You know, you've got that fidgety, those fidgety legs. You can't sit still for eight hours. You know, for me, I looked at the nine to five and I thought, okay, sounds good. We get lunch at this time. When's bath time? <laughs> no. I need, you know, what I loved about freelance and, and what I love about freelance is when I accomplish something, it's significant because it impacts my everyday life. And I need that to stay motivated. And I've risked a lot. I've worked like a madman. And I'm going to share the things that have most impacted my career and the ways that I've went from pretty hardcore struggling early on to... Some real thriving seven years later. Here's what I've got. Let's get to the plan. So in Zelda on the dungeon map, you've got the compass, the secret weapon, the boss, and the key. And it shows you where all these things are. We're going to take those ridiculous things. And I felt like they worked really well as analogies for the things that you can be looking out for that can be game changers in the freelance world. One thing before we get to the plan, I feel like, uh, you know, if you, let me, let me start over on radio lab. If you listen to radio lab, it's a radio show, a podcast. It's fantastic. One of my all time favorites on radio lab. My favorite episode is this episode called colors. And they talk about all these different awesome scientific, uh, things with color and you should go check it out. I'm not going to go into all of it, obviously, but there's this really interesting point and they find that lots of different civilizations throughout the world didn't have words for all the colors that we have words for. And they found that if you don't have a word for what, for a color, you don't really see that color. And it's in the same way that the dungeon map, the <laughs> dungeon map. If you see it, these things that I'm going to tell you about, if you didn't know about them, if you didn't even realize they were on the map, you're not even going to be looking for them. You're going to miss these opportunities because you didn't see them. You know, in this Radiolab episode, they talk about going to a tribe that doesn't have a word for blue. And they would show them these 10 uh, green squares. And one of them would be a blue square, like plain as day, like bright blue, bright green, totally different. The majority of the tribe members couldn't pick out the blue square. They couldn't see a different colored square. They couldn't even see it. The ones that did see it made lots of mistakes picking it out, or it took them for a long time to see which one was blue. That is mind-blowing. And that is the power of knowing what it is you're looking for. It's like often the answer is right in front of your face, but if you didn't know what the problem was, 
you don't have a chance. You're going to miss it. So that's what this episode's about. Let's get down to business number one, Compass, freelance resources. You know, the first couple of years, I didn't really realize how many resources were out there, free resources even, that massively were game changers for my freelance career. For me to stay motivated and to be informed about best practices, how to find work, how to do better work, what the latest uh, developments and technology that might interest me are, these are some of the things that have massively helped me. One thing before we get started on the tax front, go find a bookkeeping company online, fork over the 10 bucks a month or whatever it is. A lot of people use fresh books. Find something that you can invoice with that will take that invoice. Then when you mark it paid, it goes into your income automatically for the year. I use the GoDaddy bookkeeping. The, a lot of people use fresh books. Go do that first thing. Just go. If you're making money already on illustration, go do that. It is such a game changer. It it means you don't have to mess around with Excel, which that's – I didn't become an illustrator to spend a lot of time in Excel, right? Go find one of those. That's the first thing you need to do. Go find the resources online that help you stay motivated and informed like Creative Mornings. Creative Mornings is a is, – was created by Tina Roth-Eisenberg, also known as Swiss Miss – she created this organization that sets up free morning lectures in cities all over the world. So first of all, check if they meet in your, your local city and go be a part of that. If you can't do that, and even if you can, go online to Creative Mornings and find all these lectures and go look at the most popular talks. There are some doozies in there. Go check out Draplin, Aaron Draplin's 50-point plan to ruin your career. That thing, that thing, the day I listened to that was one of my favorite days. I remember it very clearly. I was in like euphoria. It was so funny and awesome. I just loved it. Go check that out. Two other places you can go find talks other than TED. You probably know about TED. If you don't, Go check out Stefan Sagmeister's uh, talk on sabbaticals on TED. That, that's excellent. Do Lectures was born out of the Wales, uh, born out of Wales, UK. And that has all kinds of different types of talks. There's some really good ones. Uh, Frank Chimero and uh, Jeff McFetridge both have some awesome talks on there. I think Tina Roth Eisenberg as well. Really great stuff there. 99u.com. Tons of good information articles, talks for uh, freelance creatives. The, one of the biggest things you can do is get involved face-to-face. Find resources that help you connect with people face-to-face, first and foremost for your sanity. You need to be around other freelancers if you're not already. Because they understand the grind. They understand the the issues that you face. Your parents, my parents don't understand. My dad, I love my dad. He's he's doing his thing. He's been really successful. He's awesome. He's a corporate guy. For the longest time, 
he just did not completely understand the freelance struggle. He didn't understand the, he understands the corporate struggle. They're different. They both have their own struggles. You need to find people that are trying to do what you want to do just for your sanity. First and foremost, last year I went to the icon conference, icon illustration. I met some, what I believe to be lifelong friends there, some game changers. Seriously, I go spend the money, find the ways, you know, most of this is like tax deductible, find the ways to connect face to face. If you can't do face to face, go find people's email addresses and send them super sweet, awesome, authentically uh, appreciative emails to your favorite illustrators. That's free resources. Ask them a question. Don't bog them down, but connect with them. So that's number one, the compass, freelance resources. Number two, the secret weapon. My favorite in Zelda, my favorite part of the whole game is finding new weapons. My favorite weapon was the long shot. It's like a grappling hook. You can destroy enemies with them uh, as well as, I don't know, swing to different areas. (laughs) It's just super cool. I I always wished I had a grappling hook when I was a kid. Um, My favorite part of the game is finding the big treasure chests in the dungeons that have the the secret weapon of the dungeon. Every dungeon has a new weapon. Best part of the game. This is also my favorite part of Freelance, which is self-generated work. Secret weapon is your self-generated work. Whatever it is you want to go do out there, if you want to do editorial work, you want to do skateboards, you want to do kids' books, don't wait for permission. Get to work right now. Now, my goal is not – my end goal is never self-publishing, mainly because I don't like managing products. It feels like that task-oriented stuff. I don't like shipping stuff, but you might not be like that. You might be fine with that. I My goal is always to make stuff for myself and then find distribution for it. So I like working with a publisher because they can distribute it. They ha- they already are connected to an audience. I make something cool that's really, really cool that they want, and they're going to help me get it to people. That's always my goal. It doesn't have to be your goal. You might There's plenty of people that find uh, self-publishing to be the ultimate goal. Self-generated work is your secret sauce, your secret weapon as a freelancer. It is your best way to generate leads in your work. It's the best way to differentiate your work in the market. I think one of the best ways to get started, if you don't already get dirty with the self-generated work, is to look back before you knew about illustration or look to the parts of your life that have nothing to do with illustration And then do personal projects about that. For those of you that have emailed me and said, you know, in a previous life or what I have been doing to this time, you know, I'm 30 years old, I'm 40 years old, I've spent my life doing a totally different career and now I want to go into illustration. Don't divorce yourself from all of that stuff. There are ways of taking that and bringing it into your current passion, your current pursuit. Batman used all the money he makes as 
Bruce. I oh man, you guys are going to be Bruce Wayne. I couldn't remember his name. But I don't know what I, Bruce Banner is. That the Hulk. Bruce Wayne. He Batman uses all the money that Bruce Wayne makes. Spider Man uses all his previous knowledge of science. Emmett on Lego Movie saves the day from the idea that he had from his previous normal life of the double decker couch. Right? He, you know, I couldn't think of any other good references. All my references are like kids' movies. So I'm not really into the movie Planes. I like lots of uh, Pixar movies. That one's actually just a Disney movie. Uh, in the movie Planes, the main plane used to be a crop duster and then he becomes a racer. And he, he wins the race from what he learned as a crop duster, right? There's a moment in the hero's journey where everything you learned before all of a sudden becomes really valuable in this new pursuit. My dad, when he graduated college, he had to go get a job at a fast food place being a manager. He ended up working up into a training manager, but he was he had an accounting degree. He wanted to be an accountant. Now, he says that so much of his success is due to his ability to lead other people and his people skills. And he says that he learned those skills being a training manager. And so I guess for you who maybe aren't freelancing, you can take that as encouragement that says you don't know how the current situation is going to impact where you're going to end up. But it could be very valuable and you just have to believe. You just have to have faith that whatever it is you're spending your time on now, there's, you're going to be able to use this for your value. Now, if you're already doing the freelance thing, you can say, what was it? What is it in my hobbies or in my interests uh, when I was younger or the things that I learned in different roles that I've had in my life? How can I bring that to my illustration world. For me, one of the ways that I've done that, and I've done it a bunch of different ways, but one of the ways is my passion for indie music, uh, for independent music, I created the Indie Rock Coloring Book. I made a coloring book about the thing that I loved, the thing that I was interested in in high school. I brought that to the illustration interest. And that was a way that I got to stand out from other people and I got to uh, market my work with that self-generated work. That was something I came up with on my own and ended up finding distribution for it. So your secret weapon is your self-generated work. Now, number three is the big boss. The big boss, the big scary boss. The bosses in Zelda are always like 50 times larger than, than Link. And, you know, Almost when I was like a kid playing the 64 version, I remember seeing these giant bosses and almost feeling like afraid. Okay, I was a little afraid. They're so big and monstrous and you're like super tiny. Now, before I tell you what I think the boss is, let me just say that the worst villains are not the big, scary monsters right in your face. The worst villains are the ones that are hidden in plain sight, right? Think about Emperor Palpatine. We're doing a lot of Star Wars today. He's the guy who was a senator and he's the guy who ends up turning Anakin Skywalker into Darth Vader. But he does it slowly and people don't even know that he's the villain for a long time and that's how he sinks his teeth into you. 
So I think most people think that the boss, the bad guy, the villain of the freelance world is money, right? Finding money. Now, if that's your attitude, you're going to get tricked because you're going to think more money, the better, the better, right? The bigger the check, the better. But here's the thing about those big checks. Those big stinking checks usually come from, you know, a month of being unavailable. And then if you're working with a big company, they're probably going to take 60 days to pay you after you wrap things up. That's three months with no money. Here's what I think the enemy is. Cash flow. Having cash in the bank. It is hard. It doesn't matter what your salary is if you've got no money in the bank. And for the first couple of years, it boggled my mind. I would look at, I was making more doing freelance than I could doing any self uh, or doing any actual employed job. But when I had a job, everything made way more sense. Everything worked a lot better. And it wasn't until I discovered that word cash flow. I've talked about it in the podcast before. I'm going to talk about it again because it's such a big deal. Until I discovered the word cash flow, the freelance life was boggling my mind. I couldn't understand it. It was just like I was that tribesman looking at the 10 green squares and the one blue square and I they all look green, right? I, I was like, look at the – I'm bringing in these big checks but I'm still having issues with money. What is the deal? All small business owners – Know that cash is king. You've got to have the cash flow. If you don't, the business is dead. There are only three ways in my mind that you can make sure that cash flow doesn't destroy you. You're probably going to have issues with cash flow no matter what. But these are the ways that you can make sure that it doesn't take you down. A, have three to six months savings in the bank. Just have a giant pile of cash in the back room. Then you can do all those big jobs all the time. You never have to worry about cash flow. If you have that situation, good for you. If you don't and you're at a job, save a bunch of money up until you and you, until you do have that. Be a regular gig. That can be something where you're on retainer doing a little bit of design work on the side. I did that for a while. That can be uh, you know a company that passes you logo work from time to time. You know they you know that they give you about three or four logos a, uh, a month or. Or whatever, or it can be a regular illustration job where you get to do, you know, one or two illustrations for the same magazine. You have a regular gig there for the foreseeable future. That's about as secure as it gets uh, in real work. You know, like at any time, someone who's actually employed could be fired or let go or whatever. So B is a regular gig. C, some kind of trickle in income. So my wife does an Etsy. It's been pretty successful, pretty, pretty awesome. And it's, it's cool because it's so different to what I do. She makes these animal ear headbands out of felt and she is the master at this. They are so quality and awesome that, and I'm not even trying to sell them. They just, they're super awesome. The threadhouse.etsy.com. Go check them out. They're super cool. If that's something that you're into super high quality. She actually went to college for embroidery, which most Etsy sellers can't, can't say that she's got serious embroidery skills. Um, but what she does and what something that's helped us over the years is she sells these headbands for 10 bucks a headband. And, you know, early on, I'm like, look, I just brought in a $5,000 check and you're selling $10 headbands. And I'm like, 
man, I can't imagine like having to sell that many headbands. Like how much, you know, but the thing is for her, she's really good at when an order comes in, taking care of business. She's good at when that demand comes in and those things stack up. And if she sells 10, that's a hundred bucks that we didn't have. If, if, you know, if she sells a hundred, you do the math thousand bucks. If I'm wrong, that's fine. I'm an artist, not a mathematician, (laughs) but she, she does. She's so good at keeping our cash flow blowing by selling those smaller things with that trickle in money. So maybe that's products. I don't know. But if you can find little things that you can sell a lot of often, you can solve that cash flow and you can bring down that boss. Okay. Number four, our final part of the plan, the key. How do you find the key? What is the key to the freelance life? What's the key in the freelance dungeon map? The key, in my opinion, is optimism. Now, I know some of you out there think that, uh, I don't know, kind of look down on the old motivational poster thing and, and all that jazz, but here's the thing, man. I'm an emotional guy, okay? There's, if you're an artist, you might be an emotional person. You might not, but if you're doing the small business or the freelance thing, it can get tough. And sometimes you got to take some risky shots. Every hero story has the death and the resurrection. And although I'm not saving anybody's lives, I am saving my own life by finding success in, in this industry. Because I don't fit into, I'm not a cog that fits into another machine. I'm my own machine. You can't take a little machine and throw it into another machine. It'll just break everything. That machine might be super useful. But it doesn't act as a cog, right? I make my own stuff and, and it means something to me. So, okay, maybe it's not live or die for anybody, but it is make or break for my family. Like I'm, I need to stay motivated. You know, sometimes I look at, uh, I've, I've talked about this before. If you look at Neo from the Matrix and Harry Potter and Luke Skywalker, these heroes, You know, I always thought it was super cool. I'd love to be one of those guys because everybody around them is telling them they're the one. They're the one that's going to save everything. The prophecy already said it was going to happen. So there's really nothing to worry about. So I always thought how awesome a situation that would be if you just had someone tell you, look, it's going to be fine. It's going to work out. You don't have to worry about it. What I realized, though, was that they're actually in the same boat as anybody else because All of that is for nothing if they don't believe it themselves. And for me, the thing that has really been a game changer for me is believing that I'm on the right path, having the optimism and the faith that as I'm trying to do the right thing, that the right things are going to come to me. There were so many times where I wanted to give up and... Although maybe it's not the most significant thing in the world, it's very significant to me. You know, what does failure look like for this? Why do I care so much? Well, you know, I've talked about my mom in the past on the show, and I don't want to harp on too much about her and that situation, but I have a lot in common with my mom. You know, she wanted to make picture books. She actually made some dummy picture books. 
She's uh, she's where I get the art gene, if that's a thing. And but she really has had a tragic life, full of all kinds of bad decisions and not a lot to show for it at the end. Um, and I look at her and I look at her as someone who had that entrepreneurial spirit, who had that artistic ability. And I feel like if she would have figured out, if she would have been able to turn all of that into a freelance career, that could have been a game changer. Instead of looking for cheap thrills, thriving on fulfilling significant achievement, like that's thrilling to me. And those thrills are, there's something to them. They're actually, they're, they're actually real. You know, I think about, uh, there's a skit with Seth Rogen on Saturday Night Live where he's, he's like a dare officer, which is ridiculous because he's a big pothead. But he talks about like ecstasy makes you feel amazing, like you've achieved amazing things, but you don't even have to achieve anything. And I think, I think about this with my mom and I think about, you know, growing up, I always knew that I was different like her, but I didn't know about any path other than her path. And so for me, finding this freelance world was like a lifeline where it was like, look, if you, I'm this machine that if you throw me in like a cog into the bigger machines, I'm going to break the machine down. Like I'm, I'm going to fail big time. So for me, freelance was the difference between success and failure. Not every freelancer is like that. There's plenty of freelancers out there that are fine cogs as well. They're just even better freelancers and good for them. That's not me. You know, if you ever hear Jim Carrey give any talks, he talks about how his dad was an accountant. Uh, and he failed at being an accountant and he ended up having to be a janitor. And it was really, really tough for them as kids. But he said that his dad had that funny gene and he could have been a comedian. He said that uh, Rodney Dangerfield actually ended up meeting his dad and becoming friends with his dad. And he and, and said that his dad was ridiculous, the funniest man he ever met. And Jim Carrey always says this, and I think it's brilliant. You can, you can fail at what you don't want. His dad didn't want to be an accountant, but it was the safe option, but he failed at it. You can fail at what you don't want, so you might as well take a chance on the thing that you want. And I think that's, that's real. I don't think that's a platitude. I think it's legit. And so for me, freelance has been the difference between a thriving, fulfilling, significant life and a really big struggle to fit into some other situation that wasn't going to work for me. And watching my mom and her struggles was like watching it all happen. Uh, you know, if I would have taken it, if I would have taken a different road. So failures can be pretty big, but success, the success that I've found, you know, I've had real challenges. I've, I've really, I've, I've been there in the tough moments. There have been, you know, I've raised a family doing illustration. Some people uh, are single and they can keep the overhead super low and that's great. I'm super thrilled for them. But I, I've worked to provide for my whole family and there have been significant challenges and I've had some massive breakthrough. You know, my salary has grown every year. You know, in a few years, I've, I doubled my salary and I don't say that as a bragging. I say that as 
I have had big breakthroughs in this and I do this podcast to help you do the same thing. Or at least if you're already doing the same thing, we can bond over it. For me, the difference between success and failure as a freelance was success and failure in my life. That's what, that's at least what it feels like. And the autonomy that I find in freelance and the thrills that I find in freelance, they help me in my everyday life. They, they've, they've meant the biggest difference in my life. So if that's you, if you think you might be a freelancer or you already are, don't believe, don't ever believe the lie that the corporate nine to five is the same way it's always been. It's the same way it'll always be. That's what the, that's what the enemy always says. And corporate America is not the enemy. Corporate America isn't necessarily bad. It's not inherently bad. It's not inherently good, but it's not for everybody. And the truth is the nine to five isn't how it's always been. It's only been that way. Uh, for the past, I don't know, 50, 60, 70, 100 years or whatever, you know, since the Industrial Revolution. It's, it's, it hasn't been that way that long. You know, for the longest time, people had to take care of themselves. They had to make money for themselves. They had to be farmers or blacksmiths or whatever they were, the miller, right? That must have been my ancestors, milling the, the, the flour. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but, uh, you know, it hasn't always been like this and it won't always be like this. I think we're having a shift now where that option of the nine to five is just not actually that prevalent, not as much as it used to be. So you find yourself trading perceived stability for your soul. I I can't do that. You know, sometimes I feel like America, it's like uh, the corporate America is kind of like hot fuzz if you've ever seen that. Or The Village, that movie, M. Night Shyamalan. I don't know. I don't know how to say his name. The Village, which, you know, might have not been the best movie, but it, it serves as an analogy. Here's a village where they, it seems like colonial times. There's no technology. They're surrounded by woods, and in the woods, there are these monsters that will get them if they go outside of it. And really, they're living in modern times. Sorry for the spoiler alert. But I'm guessing it's an old movie. You probably heard. Those monsters in the woods aren't real. They're played by people from the village to keep people in the village. And sometimes I feel like corporate America uses health care and taxes as these big, scary giants that nobody can take down. But the truth is you can make more money doing freelance than you can in regular employment. Yes, there are higher costs, so maybe it evens out. I don't know. But if that autonomy that you find in the freelance world is worth working a little bit harder, do it. Because for me, it has been an awesome experience. A hard one, but one that I'm proud to have. So... Whether you are the new guy who has never, you know, never really tried freelance and you come into the town and you're like, look, things aren't right. I can't fit into this place. I need to do my own thing. Or whether you've been on the road for the longest time and you've been going one way and it's always been the wrong way. 
And now, like Darth Vader, it's time to throw the Emperor over the overpass, throw him down into the abyss, take the stand. Or whether you're already a freelancer, if you're already a freelancer and you're finding that thriving success, go help another person that wants to be a freelancer because it's hard and everybody can use a leg up. That is it. That's the whole thing. I went a little bit over today. I'm really passionate about this subject. Freelance has been just a massive thing to me. I hope that this helps you in your pursuit. And I can't wait to share the next week episode with you. I've got some doozies for you. I'm super pumped about it. I'm, I'm doing all kinds of things. Thank you for being part of the journey so far. Thank you to those who back the podcast on Patreon. You guys make the biggest difference for this thing. Thank you for sharing the episodes. Thank you for reviewing it on iTunes. Thanks for this, the support. I hope this helps. And you can find this show on illustrationage.com, on my website, andy-j-miller.com, slash creative pep talk, or you can subscribe on iTunes. Whatever you do, However you do it, find a way, do whatever it takes to stay pepped up. I'll speak to you soon.